0: Dave, can you uh, play some worship music that the Spirit leads you to? I'm just going to get in the Spirit here. Wait for our brothers and sisters that are coming. Boys against the girls here. No, we've got Cat back there. Hi, Cat. Got Leanne here, too. Keep it going, bro. It's fine. Guys, we're just going to... Uh, Dave's going to turn this up, and I, I ask that you just get in the spirit here. And as you're in the spirit, I want you to release the spirit of inflation... Spirit of Revelation Something from the Holy Spirit That He's got for you specifically I want you to purposely put down Things that happened today They'll be there when we're done tonight Put it on the shelf And let's just magnify the Lord Let's go into the Lord Father thank you Thank you, Father. Pick one attribute of the Father and just start worshiping him with that with your mouth open. Thank you, Father, for your healing power. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father, for being a God that heals. You are a healer of an individual. You are a healer of my community. You are a healer of my country. You are a healer of my heart. You are a healer of my body. You are a healer of past hurts. You are a good, good daddy. We magnify you and we put down sickness. We put down hurt. We put down disease. We put down any division. You are a redeemer of it all. Thank you, Father. We magnify you We put our mind on you. We put our heart on you. You are worth our time. Holy Spirit, you have called us here tonight. Those that are still coming, Father, let them come and let them be here quickly but safely. We open our hearts, Father. I prophesy an open heaven on this place and it starts in my heart an open heaven in my heart Lord I refuse to close out anything that you might have for tonight you are a good good father Jerry would you come up here please Jerry Overture you're going to release something Lord said, when you walked into the door, have her pray for you. So you're going to pray for me that I can say the words that the Holy Spirit wants to say. This is Jerry Overture. You guys know her? This is a pillar in our church. Steadfast is her, is her character. She is strong in the spirit. Thank you, Jerry. Just release what the Holy
1: Spirit has. Yes, Lord. Yes. Yes, Lord. Yes. Yes, Lord. Every day. Come and just bring strength
0: into this water. Yes, Your breath. Your breath. Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. Thank you, Jerry. Thank you. Double portion to you. just got back from Azusa. Leanne, my family went. We're going to share a little bit more on Sunday. But I just wanted to tell you Leanne put into words what my spirit was sensing is like the Holy Spirit was putting plumbing together, unclogging pipes through forgiveness unity like i have never seen before there were so many different cultures denominations and we were all in unity it was amazing but it's about to start to spread out about the body of christ so i don't know what's coming except we've been unified amen okay thank you dave for that wonderful worship music uh, does everybody have a, a handout? should be in the back if you don't have one. Lord said to talk about uh, we're, we're continuing on our renewing of the mind. Last week, we talked about Romans 12.2. Do not be conformed, which means to go along with or agree to the law of the pattern of this world. Patterns of the world were Many of them, there were fear, there were doubt, envy. Yeah, were you all were y'all here last week? Some of you weren't. So we're going to pick up from there. We also talked about be transformed to the patterns of the kingdom of God. It is something that we already are. We are transformed. Now we just have to act like who we are. All right? And then... Part of transformed is sonship. We are sons and daughters. We are acti- We should be acting like the bride with all of our privileges and responsibilities. We enable, uh, enabling authority is like discipleship, unconditional forgiveness. Uh, just because an offense is put out there, that doesn't mean we have to take it. It's, it's unconditional. It is a culture of forgiveness. Receiving our daily grace when we wake up, we say, God, what are you doing? Where's my grace today? And in covenant love. And then by the renewing of your mind. This is a daily thing. If I am looking to the Father every day, just like Jesus did. And following his lead, that my mind is submitted to the Spirit and is new every day. And that's how we live this transformed life that we are. We are, not, uh, we are not going to obey the laws or the patterns of this world. Amen? So we're moving on with renewing your mind. Question. Many of us, in our pursuit of this renewed mind, come across a giant. A giant, a wall, a stronghold. How do I live with a renewed mind when I am held hostage by a giant that is forcing me to conform to the patterns of this world? Know your giant. We're going to be talking about several different knows. We're going to talk about know your giant or identify it. We're going to talk about knowing your authority. Am I under authority and working with authority? Knowing your testimony. Remembering the faithfulness of God. Not just yours, but maybe other people's testimony. Knowing your love. Where is your love directed? Is it directed to yourself? Or is it directed to others? That one's going to be good. I got blessed getting this from the Holy Spirit. And then, knowing your opponent, what is your giant? Is it really a giant? Or is it just shouting and seeming like it's a giant? And then know how to fight or go after it. Many years ago, I used to play sled hockey. You guys see this guy up here? Hockey, sled hockey is hockey for disabled people. You hold two sticks in your hand. They have little metal picks on the end of them. You push across the ice. There's skates right underneath your sled. You put your feet out in front of you. And like this player right here, he is about to pass or shoot that puck on the end of his stick. I was introduced to sled hockey back in 1999. And there was a guy that came to our rink the very first time we were there. I mean, this isn't, that wasn't a hockey town. This was a football town. This says, right when the stars showed up. And he says, who would like to join the national team? And I went, sure, I would love to, not knowing what I was getting into. I have never been able to represent a team, nor had I been ever re- been able to represent my country as a soldier or a service person because of my disability. I had always wanted to represent my country. Um, So I decided, yes, I do want to join the national team. And so we tried out and we tried out and we tried out. And this one particular coach up in Chicago gathered together some local players. And these guys were just local, you understand. And he had a really good budget. And he decided to pull us together, practice, and fly us over to Malmo, Sweden, to play against international teams. You gotta understand, I had never played except at the local level. It'd be like race playing handball against an Olympic champion. He's pretty good in his own community. But these were international, international teams. I got over there and I saw how fast these guys were. I saw how big they were. I saw how hard they hit. And they hit hard. This this wasn't just some handicapped folk just playing footsie, if you know what I'm saying. That's kind of funny. Handicapped folk playing footsie? Doesn't quite match. That was funny. Wah, wah. They were tough. They were mean. They were fast. And I made a mistake. I told the coach, Coach, I don't know if I'm up for this or not. Well, as hockey coaches do, he encouraged me. He encouraged me with some interesting words that... I can't, re- I can't repeat in this particular establishment. And he did a very wise thing. He sat me down and said, if you're not going to be supporting my team, if you're not going to be playing for the guy next to you, then I don't want you on my ice. That was kind of hard for me to hear. He had trained me. He had pulled people together from around the nation. He had raised money. He had flown us all the way over to Sweden. He had coordinated it all. And I said, I don't think I want to get into this fight. He had every right to get after me. But he also said, if you don't want to fight for your your fellow teammate, then I don't want you on this team. And that right there, guys, changed my thinking, which changed my heart. I got out on the ice and I realized, you know what? I'm just as fast as they are. And you know what? I'm just as big as they are. And I can hit just as hard as they did. Fifteen people went over to Malmo. We won the whole tournament. And out of those fifteen people, thirteen were picked for the U.S. national team. Out of that particular team. We went on to beat every single nation that showed up for the Paralympics in 2002. We swept it. It was unheard of. We weren't even on the map. The only reason we were invited to the tournament is because it was held in the United States. And this coach saw something in us that we didn't see in ourselves. He saw champions. 2002, we swept the whole thing and brought home a gold medal, first gold medal in Paralympic history for sled hockey. What changed? My mind changed. The coach saw that the giant out there on the ice wasn't really all that big of a giant. The giant was in my head. The giant was in my heart. He knew how fast we were. He knew our skill. He knew that we could hit just as hard, play just as hard. But it took me to say, I'm going to go out and face my giant. I couldn't see how fast I was until I was right there next to them. Does that make sense? Your giant isn't as big or scary as you think it is. Amen? Revelation 12, 11. This is talking about when Satan or the dragon is loosed. He was up in heaven. He fought with Michael and the angels. Interesting that they fought. He just didn't leave, but they actually fought in heaven. Whatever is in heaven is kind of a reflection on earth. And they cast him out. Where they cast him out to? earth Not very fair, but Jesus followed after them and taught us how to fight. Revelation 12:11 they overcame him, overcame him by three things: the blood of the lamb, the word of their testimony, and they loved not their lives unto the death. Somebody tell me really quick What does the blood of the Lamb represent when we are overcoming our giant? What does that mean? Somebody? Speak it up loud, I can't hear. Sacrifice. Sacrifice. What did the blood do? What's that? It gave life. Atonement. Did it pay a price? It covered us. It redeemed from what? Redeemed from sin back to what? Where Adam was, wasn't it? Right? Right after the cross, right after the death, what happened in the temple? Right? The veil was rent into to give us access, relationship. It made us the sons and daughters that we are today. I think we take it for granted, people, what the blood did. The blood is our power. It is our access. It is our identity. This is who you are, guys. It was covered by sin and death for 4,000 years, but now revealed you are the righteousness. You are Soldiers, you are the bride. This is who you are. How do we overcome? We overcome by knowing who we are. It's our identity. Sons and daughters. Bride of Christ. Word of the testimony. Too many Christians have their mouths closed. Jesus saved me, but I better not say anything. I just got healed, but I better not say anything to the folks at church or whatever, because he... Pastor Ray will make me get up and share something, crying out loud, I'll faint. Testimony. Testimony. It was good to hear Mike get that job, right? Testimony. Uh, Jennifer speaking to her coworker, right? The Muslim coworker. Testimony that released faith into us. You all have a testimony. Release it. It does no good if it's held inside of you. Heard your Facebook thing about your anniversary, right? Testimony. Amen. Testimony. And then they loved not their life unto the death or a boldness. This next section is going to be a little bit personal. Do you have on your handout it says know your giant and identify it Some of us are still fighting with some of these different giants I talked last week about my poverty mentality that I overcame Some of us have a giant of maybe hate or division I want you to look over that list right there. And even there's one that says a fear of blank. Is there a giant in your life that you can't seem to shake? All I want you to do is just identify it. No shame. You don't have to say it out loud. You don't even have to circle it or mark it. If you want to, you can. I shared last week I, had a, I used to have a giant of a, a poverty mentality. I am fighting. I'm going to be uh, candid with you guys right now. One of the giants I am currently defeating is an eating habits giant. Just went through a class with David. Still working on my eating habits giant. Who's with me on that? Okay. Eating habits giant. There may be others here. Ray, did you get your hand lifted? I'm <laughs> <laughs> Pride issues, uh, no. If you want to put a mark beside it, if you want to circle it, if you want to identify it, if you want to say that right there is my giant, instead of running away from it, instead of hiding behind a tree, eating habits, I'm working on it. Amen? I want you to pick that out and remember that as we're going along here. What in your life seems bigger than you are? Write it down and identify it. This is a map of where David met Goliath. This is the valley of Shashashesha, whatever that word is. Uh, you can see the arrows. The far hill over there is where the Philistines had their camp. The close hill is where the Israelis had their camp. You've got to realize that Saul had just become king of Israel. It was a young nation. It wasn't that coordinated. The Philistines all right, were a seafaring, um, they were a sea-faring nation. They were sort of like the, the Vikings of old. They came from Crete, which is in the uh, South Aegean, part of the Greek um, islands. They would come into an area, they would divide it up, and they would conquer it one by one. Okay? I want you to notice, have you guys ever, of course you have. you have, you've been on a mountaintop and looking down into a valley, all right? How easy would it be to see a nine-foot giant down there? Pretty good. You could hear him because he's shouting at you. But can you really, really see him? He's there shouting. You know that's Goliath. You've heard about him. You've heard that he was a champion. But can you really, really see him? Not too good. They were up on this hill quaking in their boots. Single combat was the most common practice in the ancient world of combat. The ancient world, the old world, the conform world, the law world. This is how we do it. This is how we get along. You send your biggest, baddest dude, and I'll send my biggest, baddest dude. They'll fight it out. Whoever wins the other uh, nation will serve or be slaves to. That's the old way. Do you remember how he said the conforming do not be conformed to the patterns of this world? Each side would choose a warrior to represent their side. And the winner of the one man war would then claim victory and thousands of lives would be saved. Goliath was looking for single combat. You guys have an idea of what Goliath looked like, right? Scripture's very clear. 1 Samuel 17, verse 4. A champion named Goliath, who was from Gath, came out of the Philistine camp. His height was six cubits in spin. He had a bronze helmet on his head. He wore a coat of scaled armor of bronze weighing 5,000 shekels, and on his leg he wore bronze graves. And a bronze javelin was slung on his back. Notice where the javelin is. This guy is a huge monster. Why does he have this little javelin strapped on his back? He had this spear shaft that was like a weaver's rod, an iron point weighed about 15 pounds, and then the shield bearer went ahead of him. Do you guys ever wonder why the guy with the shield was carrying the shield and was ahead of him. Very curious. Goliath stood and shouted to the ranks of Israel, Why do you come out and line up for battle? Am I not the Philistines? And are you not the servants of Saul? The enemy wants us to think that we're not who we think we are. Who were they really? They were armies of living God. But they were calling him, you're this this army of this guy over here, Saul, this new king. Choose a man and have him come down to me, and he is able to fight and kill me. We will become your subjects. But if I overcome him and kill him, then you will become our subjects. This is how we do it. This is how you conform to the things of this earth, this world. Then the Philistines said, this day I defy the armies of Israel. Give me a man and let us fight. And on hearing the Philistine word, Saul and all the Israelis were dismayed and terrified. My question to you is, what was Israel's real giant? It was great fear. Verse 24, whenever the Israelis saw the man, they fled from him in great Fear. I want you to ask right now, you, you've got that list of what your giant is. All right? For me, it's eating habits. And yes, the Lord has given me some insight on mine. But I want you to ask the Lord, really, what is my giant? Is it eating habits, really? Is it money issues? Is it an addiction? Or is it something else that's been hidden by shiny armor and big helmets, and big spears that's going, Boo, look how scary I am. You can't defeat me. I mean, if you really think about it, couldn't they have sent about 20 guys with, you know, bows and arrows and gone and killed a guy? I would have think they could have done that. Why didn't they? They were conformed to the patterns of this world. That's why. Know your authority. Am I under authority and am i working with authority i've said this many times but it was about four or five years ago david gave a uh, a sermon up here about authority i was out of authority for 20 years and once i got under authority, that's when the lord really was able to start using me in a way that i he just wasn't allowed to if i'm not under authority I'm not going to be able to use because the Lord says, I can't use you if you're not going to be supported by authority. Do you know the authority of the kingdom of heaven? And are you operating and submitting to the local and church authority? Guys, we as Christians are to support our local authority. We are to support the governments that God has put under us. As a Christian, I am not allowed to make fun of or pass along jokes of leaders that I don't agree with. I am commanded to pray for them. I am not allowed to criticize them. To support them. Even though I may not agree with them, I must love them and pray for them. Amen? David says in 26, who is this uncircumcised Philistine? that he should defy the armies of the living God. He knew who he was. He would not let himself be conformed to the patterns of this world and say, we're just a lowly little church on Beltline Road. No, we are the army of the living God. This is just one unit. It was very important that David went to the king. He saw his authority and said, Saul, can I go kill this guy? Saul tried to dress him up in all of his armor and it didn't fit him. Let that be also a lesson to the leaders here. Sometimes our anointing may not be the anointing or the gifting of those under us. We need to let them operate in their anointing and not try to conform them to our anointing. Amen? Verse 40. Then he took his staff. How many are in a staff? One, right? In his hand. He chose five smooth stones from the stream, put them in his pouch of his shepherd's bag, and with his sling in his hand, and he approached the Philistines, Saul said to David, who said? Saul said. I don't know if this would have gone... The same way, if David just had jumped out there and ran after Goliath, the Lord really, really rep, um, respects our authority—the authority that He's given us. Ray and David and and um, and John sent my family and Leanne to L.A. Do you remember last? Uh, What was it, Sunday? All right, we got up here. And they prayed for us and they sent us. That was on purpose, guys. That was not a mistake. It was very important that we were sent out there. If you're trying to do this on your own, I'm sorry, but you're going to be limited. And you might even come back bruised and beaten. Find the authority that the Lord has set you under and say... Send me. I will go and, sh- and fight this giant. Amen? Saul said to David, Go, and the Lord be with you. He had his authority. Remember what it says there in Revelation. The blood of the Lamb. Our authority. David was under authority. Genesis 3.15. The serpent Is under our heel. We have authority in the heavens. Next, know your testimony. David said to Saul, Let no one lose heart on account of this Philistine. Your servant will go and fight him. And Saul replied, You are not able to go out to the Philistine and fight him because you're only a blank you're only a woman you're poor you can't go you're uneducated you don't have time you grew up on the wrong side of the railroad tracks you're not this you're in a wheelchair you couldn't go out there and win a gold medal you're only that's another tactic of the enemy I'm only, I'm old, I'm young, I'm this, I'm that. Are you an only? No. You've been called to be a giant killer. Amen? He says, you're not able to go out against the Philistine fighting because you're only a young man. And Saul says that Goliath has been a warrior since his youth. How does Saul know that? Has he been listening to testimony? What testimony are you listening to? Come on, really we can't be a big church and serve our community. I mean, do you realize, do you look at all the other big churches out there? They you could you're only this. You're you, man, that's, the the economy's terrible. People aren't gonna be giving. There's no healing happening. I haven't heard of anything. What testimony are you allowing yourself to listen to? I'm sorry, guys, but the local news or the national news is not your place to get filled up on faith. I got about 30 seconds of it, and I just thought I was going to crawl under the bed and stay home. Oh, my God. What testimony am I listening to? We were at Zuzsa this last weekend. Wow, did we hear some testimonies of healing. Brain cancer. This guy couldn't talk for six years. I've got pictures that I'll show you. This lady starts coming up and praying for me. Um, probably straight from Mexico. She couldn't speak a lick of English. And she said, she had, uh, the guy said, this lady hasn't walked since she was seven years old. Twenty three, uh, 23 years later, she gets out of her wheelchair and is walking and praying for me. Now, there's a testimony I want to hear. I don't want to hear what ISIS is doing. I want to hear about the lady getting out of the wheelchair. I want to hear about the brain cancer being healed. I want to hear about these uh, soldiers that were deaf from the IEDs, and now they can hear. Right? Am I right? That's the testimonies that lift me up. All right, we're going to stop here for a minute, and we're going to have a predator challenge. Give me a natural predator What is a natural predator? An alligator? What's another one? A bear? Huh? A shark? How about a lion? Since I have slides on lion. Good idea, lion. Who said lion? All right. A mouse. It's a predator for something. So, here's your challenge I'm going to give you two things to kill a lion, two weapons. No, it's not a rifle or a hand grenade. I'm going to give you a stick, and I'm going to give you a sheep. Those are your tools. Predator challenge. Now, let's hear from everybody. How are you going to kill a lion when you have a stick and a sheep? Yes, ma'am. speak up. Bait them in. Buss them up with the stick. All right. Anybody other, have any other ideas? Take the wool and knit a nice cardigan. And No? All right. When it comes to giant killing, anybody have any other ideas? When it comes to giant killing, we need some wisdom. It's a giant for a reason. It has, it has purchased a place in our mind that resides with fear of some kind. There is a fear that comes along with a lion. Has anybody seen a real lion out in the wilderness besides in a zoo? No, neither have I. However, I have seen some wild boar. These guys were 400 pounds, very much alive, and very much wanted to do me in. And there was nothing between me and them, and there was some fear in me. There's a three oh eight, but there's some three and there's some fear in me too. There's something that comes over you when a wild animal sees you and wants to do you harm. Now, what did David need to kill a lion with these two things? I think he needed timing. He needed God, yes. But he also needed some courage. What is the lion going to do if you turn around? He's going to chase you, right? What happened here? Scripture says that the the sheep was taken by the bear and the lion, and David chased after it. One of the ways we kill our giants is to not run from it, but chase after it. I could, I could run after my eating habits. I, I'm sorry, I could run away from my eating habits, and guess what it's going to do? It will catch up to me, and I will die younger than I should. I will have a miserable old life, because that lion, that giant, will chase after me. Uh, pick another one. Uh, relationship issues. If you ignore it and run away from it, it will chase after you. Uh, pornography. If you don't go after it, it will chase after you. I've seen the devastation of what pornography has done completely. It's just destroyed people's lives. Um, addictions. This poverty mentality. If you don't go after it, it will come after you. It's mm. a good word, James. So, he ran after this. Imagine this big old lion with a sheep in its mouth. Okay? A full-grown sheep is about 220 pounds. Full-grown lion is around 500 pounds. Imagine something half your weight in your mouth running. What's going to happen? They're going to get tired. And here's this little shepherd boy with this club. And he's waiting. And he's waiting. And then pop. Popped him on the head. It says he struck him. The lamb or the sheep was dropped and then what happened? That addiction turned on David and said, now I'm coming after you. This is a reality about a giant. Once you face it and once you say, I'm going to kill you, it will give you this face. Now I'm going to kill you. This is where bravery comes in. This is where I love not my life unto the death. David's testimony was that he went after it and struck it. It is very important to remember the faithfulness of God in our past when that line is looking us down. When we have decided we are no longer going to be harassed by this giant and by this lion, it's important that we remember God is faithful. Write it down. Declare it to all that will hear. Testimonies will release faith and courage to fight on. Amen? Next, know your love. Why did David leave the teaching right when I was getting to the important... We love you, David Ballard. Bye. I was kidding. I love that man. Why did he choose to fight this lion? It was just a sheep. Come on. He had a whole flock of them. Why? Any ideas? Okay. Okay. Jesus will go after the one? Say it. Valuable livelihood. Where was his love when he was chasing that lion? Was it for his own life? Really, was it for the love of the sheep? What did that sheep represent? Provision for his family. Where was his love for his family? He knew if this lion got a taste of that sheep, he'd become an after it again and again and again, and it had to stop because he loved something more than himself. He loved his family. Amen, James. That was good. Number nine, it takes love to kill a giant. But love that is focused... Not towards you, but towards something else. Scripture there in Revelation says they love not their life. Now again, look at your giant. Whatever you marked or whatever, eating habits. If I'm eating wrong, am I loving myself? Yeah, I kind of am. I'm loving myself. Now if I say I'm going to love my kids... So I'm going to be healthy. I have directed my love towards something else. What if I said I love the Lord and the church and I want to be healthy so that I can continue to serve and to worship long into my life, that I'm loving something else, and that gives me the ability to kill this giant. If I get my mind off of me, I turn into a giant killer. You've heard it, the soldiers are in the foxholes. They're not fighting for the flag. They're not fighting for the folks back home. They're fighting for the guy next to them in the foxhole. Their love, their courage comes from somewhere else, not loving on themselves. Amen. Know your love. Where is your love directed? When fighting the lion, who did David love more than his own life? He loved his family, provisions for family. When fighting Goliath, who did David love more than his own life? Israel or the God or the armies of God? Where is your love when it comes to giant killing? Next, know your opponent. Something is wrong with Goliath if you look closely at these scriptures. Verse forty three it says Am I a dog that you come with me come to me with sticks? How many? About the scripture we read before did, did David have one rod or two? He had one. Goliath saw two. He was seeing double. He had an attendant carrying his shield. In ancient times, shield bearers would accompany archers, not infantrymen. An archer had his hands full with a bow and an arrow and needed an assistant to hold up a shield if a volley of arrows were coming in. An infantryman was self-contained and used this shield constantly, many times as a weapon. Why? Why? was Goliath, an infantryman, having one of his weapons held by somebody else. I think I know why. He couldn't hold it. Verse 44, it says, Come here, Goliath says to David. Come here. Why didn't Goliath chase after him? I think he couldn't move well. And here's why. Many medical experts... Now believe that Goliath was suffering from a serious medical condition called acromeglia giantism, and it's caused by an overactive pituitary gland, puts too much human growth hormone into the body and causes accelerated growth. Some of the conditions are an enlarged hands and feet, fatigue and muscle weakness a deepened husky voice to curse the armies of Israel, impaired or double vision, headaches, pain, and limited joint mobility. One of the big factors is that the joints grow so big that it literally pinches off or cuts off nerve flow so they can't feel their feet or lower extremities. Richard Keel, you guys know him as Jaws from the James Bond films, and he was in Happy Gilmore. In Happy Gilmore, he was always leaning on somebody. He died a young man. Andre the Giant. Andre the Giant was a professional wrestler with the WWF. He was 6'11", weighed 500 pounds. He also acted in films like The Princess Bride. He died of a heart attack. At 46, he had multiple joint and back problems as he aged. Currently, the tallest man in the world right now, Sultan Kozin, who measures about 8 feet 3 inches from Turkey. This was taken in February uh, of 2011. I want you to look on that picture on the right, crutches. He's a very young man, he's weak. He can't hardly stand without crutches. When it comes to our giants, we need to behave and have a renewed mind and think like a hunter or think like David did. Here is my argument. I think of the lion or the bear or the giant. I think the giant was the easiest one of them all. He was an old blind, crippled target. He just stood there cursing. And David with his skill, phoom, took him out. How big is your giant? You need to see it with new eyes. When it comes to giants, we need to have a renewed mind. Think like a hunter. Proximity is also important when giant hunting Look closely at your giant, and you will find its weakness. This is what I've been doing with my eating habits. Why, Lord? Why is my body acting like this? I'm not running from it and feeding it chips. Why? Get close. Look at it. Okay, am I nutrient deficient? Am I this? Am I that? Uh, Pick another one, poverty. Why do I have this poverty mentality? Go after it. Get close. Get intimate. And say, why is this giant thinking that I am so weak that it can crush me? Why is this poverty mentality reigning over me and my family? And then ask the Lord for your sling, or your stick in a sheep, or your strategy. How do I kill this lion? How do I come against this in my family? Porn addiction. What is my strategy for this giant instead of just letting it stand there and curse when it is a broken-down, blind, bald-headed, old giant that's been defeated already. Amen. That amen track's a little low up here, brother. Can you bring that up a little bit? I want you to look at this giant from Africa. Look at him closely. He was nearly eight feet tall. Look at his joints. Look at his knees. Can you see his hand on his thigh? Severe arthritis. Look at the atrophy of his muscles. There's your giant. There's your poverty. There's your eating habits. There's your porn addiction. That's what it looks like. You think it can be defeated? Absolutely. This was a battle between an old, blind, crippled, heavyweight boxer and a young, agile gunfighter. Who are you going to pick? It's not a fair fight. Here's a giant from from, uh, old Europe. Look at his legs. He's a huge man compared to the people beside him. Money issues, huge. Oh my God, it's going to crush me. Not really. If you look at it, it's crippled. It has been crippled because of our renewed mind. We are no longer afraid of these lions because God has given us a strategy look at the giant in your life and stop treating it like it owns you. Boldness and testimony are contagious. The devil wants us to fight the battles on a conformed or a pattern of this world mentality. He wants us to fight uh, eating habits with these diet pills that kill us. All right? He wants us to fight money issues by getting into further debt. He wants us to find addictions by filling our body with pills. Right? That's the old way, guys. We have a new way of fighting. How? Know how to fight. You go after it and you fight it. 1 Samuel 17, 36. I went after it struck it, and rescued the sheep from its mouth. Go after it. And then what did David do with Goliath? Goliath, he uh, ran quickly towards the battle line to meet Goliath. He didn't just do this little shadow boxing thing. He went after him. Now, know this. When you do go after it, expect that. Expect it. But David, what did David do when that lion came after him? He struck him again. And he struck him again. And you keep fighting and you keep fighting. Be bold and keep going after it. Amen? Amen. Let's read that last, that Revelation scripture again. All right? They, not you, they, the body of Christ in unity overcame him. If you're having trouble with a giant, look to your brother and sister. Help me fight this giant. Amen? Amen. They overcame him by the blood of the Lamb. They knew the battle had been won, and they had authority, but they still had to go out and fight it. They overcame him by the word of their testimony. They took others... Battles. Word of their testimony. They told others of battles won, and then they lived out their victories. Guys, we are a walking, rolling testimony. Everywhere we go, we bring our testimony. Let it out. Amen? And then finally, they did not love their lives into the death. Their love was directed in the right way. They they killed their giant by loving others, by serving others. God did not give us a spirit of timidity. He did not give us this shy, timid little spirit. He gave us a spirit of power, a spirit of love, and a spirit of self-discipline. Holy Spirit, seal these truths in our heart. Let us look at our giant and saying, you already have been defeated at the cross. Now, I'm going to pick up what's in my hand, whether it be a stick or a sheep, and I'm going to go with my brother and sister, and we're going to go to battle against you because you are no longer ruler over me. We, our minds are renewed. We are living the pattern of The kingdom of God. And we've been called to be giant killers here in Garland. Here in this world. We will no longer live in fear over these giants that are in our life. Thank you Lord. Bless these people. In Jesus name, Amen. Amen.